On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll recap a stunning debut and prepare for the week ahead. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. I'm Al Melchior. I am here with Derek Van Riper to uh, wrap up a week and uh, get ready for the next week. So uh, DVR, as has been the case, many, many days of late, lots of uh, injury and health updates to get to. These ones important to get us ready for the coming week. So I'm just going to dive right into them. Uh, Trevor Story removed... Uh, at the from the Rockies game at the Mets due to arm tightness. So that's obviously a really important one to track this weekend. But several returns to look forward to. Manny Machado could be back with the Padres as soon as Friday against the Astros. He's uh, missed some time with the shoulder injury. Cody Bellinger is targeting a return Saturday. So that's great news. Tyler O'Neill was activated already on Thursday and homered in his first game back against the Diamondbacks. Taiwan Walker is slated to start for the Mets on Friday against the Braves. Marco Gonzalez is slated to return on Tuesday against Oakland, but he's only going to pitch three or four innings in his return. So maybe skip him this week. Starling Marte uh, slated to be activated this weekend in Boston for the Marlins, but Miguel Rojas going to the injured list with a finger injury. Austin Nola with a sprained knee. He's going on the IL or has already gone on the IL. And Noah Syndergaard has elbow inflammation. has been shut down now for six weeks. So DVR and redraft, um, are we still hanging on here with Noah Syndergaard? If you've got unlimited IL spots, sure. But if you've only got three or four, if you've got some kind of reasonable cap, given the number of injuries you have, the uh, reasonably good players that you might have to cut in order to hold Cindergard. I would actually rather drop Cindergard at this point because you know, being shut down for six weeks doesn't mean he's back in six weeks. He could be 10 weeks away from pitching in a game for the Mets. It may take a full rehab assignment. Sometimes those can take 30 days for guys to progress through because they're going to handle him as carefully as they can with the hope of making sure that he is completely healthy when he gets back on the mound. So uh, I'm erring on the side of caution for myself and planning on cutting cinder guard where i have to all right and uh danny duffy we thought that maybe he'd be back throwing at this point but he is not so there's really no timetable for him yet now he still could possibly be back you know well before cinder guard for example but obviously not as critical a part of one's fancy rotation as cinder guard you know, could potentially be so uh, what's your call on Dandy Duffy right now? Uh, do you drop him if uh, you're a little tight for IL room? Yeah, I think he's droppable. I, I do think Duffy in most mixed leagues is just good enough to be rostered when he's healthy and has good matchups. So given the uncertainty, I think it's fine to let him go and you know, possibly go pick him up later once he's healthy again. If someone else gets him, I don't think it's going to cause you to lose your league. 
All right, and just a few more updates here. Aaron Hicks, he is likely done for 2021 after having wrist surgery. Darren Ruff going on the IL. Uh, we talked about this a little bit on the Thursday show, so already Brandon Belt on the IL. So it looks like the Giants' first base situation is going to be covered by Jason Vossler and Wilmer Flores, who should return shortly. Trey Mancini is day-to-day with a bruised elbow. Fortunately, X-rays came back clean after that hit-by-pitch. Eli Morgan to make his major league debut for Cleveland on Friday against the Blue Jays. Um, you know, decent start to the year so far. Triple A Columbus, 395 ERA with 13 strikeouts and 13 and two thirds innings. And Davey Garcia to get the start at Detroit on Saturday. So uh, do either of these appearances uh, interest you in terms of daily streaming? I think with Morgan He's more of a wait and see because the Jays lineup is pretty good, and I don't have a ton of, of confidence in him. Just looking at the the minor league track record, I mean, the ratios weren't bad at Double A, but he wasn't dominant at that level. So I just want to see what the stuff actually looks like before committing. Maybe in an AL only league or something, you can throw him out there sight unseen. Davy Garcia, on the other hand, we've seen him a little bit before. I know he's had a walk issue in the upper levels of the minors and during the very brief time he's been with the Yankees this season, but he looked great when he was with the Yankees last season. I think he, at least in a matchup like the one against the Tigers, is viable in nearly all mixed leagues. I don't know if he's going to be more than a schedule-dependent starter in most mixed leagues beyond that. So he is kind of an immediate streaming option, but one that you're going to look at very carefully based on matchups in the next few weeks. Alrighty, and a couple of bullpen updates uh, here too. Hadn't seen Aroldis Chapman in a few days. In fact, it was Chad Green that came in for the save in Game 2 of the Thursday doubleheader with Toronto. Uh, But turns out Chapman has been ill and could be back on Friday. So uh, look for his return. And Lucas Sims getting the save for the Reds at Washington in a seven-inning doubleheader game on Thursday. So that situation still looking very much in flux. But... uh, I don't know, does Simza interest you the the most at this point, DVR, of that that cohort of potential closers, or is that still just too unclear of a situation? Yeah, I think he might be the Reds reliever I'm most likely to roster, but he fits in that, I don't know, outside the top 25 range right now among relievers where you're kind of expecting to get a partial share of saves, and if he takes over a larger portion of the bullpen, which is possible, you're happy, but you're you're not picking him up or trading for him, expecting that right away. Yeah, well, let's uh, get to a highly anticipated debut, and it was uh, definitely worth the wait and uh, definitely worth the hype, and that is Alec Manoa against the Yankees. Six scoreless innings, uh, seven strikeouts, two hits, two walks. Can't ask for much more than that. So I want to do a comparison here because uh, Dylan Cease, also with one of the better starts uh, on Thursday's slate, uh, also going six innings, giving up a run on four hits and two walks, but with 10 strikeouts against the Orioles. Seems like Cease has kind of um, helped out his uh, stat line a bit with uh, some some of the better matchups that he's had. So rest of season, who would you actually rather have, Manoa or Cease? I would probably err on the side of Manoa in this one. We saw four pitches from him in that debut, and I know we have to account for the fact that that's not the Yankees lineup we expected going into the season. That was definitely a... B minus at best version of the Yankees lineup, but I don't want to take anything away from Manoa. This is a guy that has four pitches, seems to locate them all very well, and was really just attacking hitters. Like I, I didn't really think he looked like a guy that was in his debut in this outing. Like, he just 
seemed very comfortable in the situation. We haven't seen that with everybody who's debuted this year. Logan Gilbert kind of looked like he was on the mound for the first time at the big league level when he was making his debut. That's normal. That's to be expected. Uh, so I, I think Manoa has plenty of job security. We're not looking at an up-and-down situation given the needs the Jays have in that rotation. Workload-wise, I don't think he's going to come far below what we expect from Cease. So I'd give the slight edge to Manoa, but I imagine if I had a set of rankings coming out anytime soon, those guys would be within arm's reach of each other, probably in the same tier. All right, and uh, certainly those two were far from uh, the only standout pitching performances. Chris Bassett with a two-hit shutout against the Angels. He gets the Mariners next week, uh, so that's obviously a highly, highly favorable matchup. But something I, I wondered and worried about a little bit, DVR, uh, for the, this uh, latest edition of Next Week in, in Fantasy Baseball, uh, Bassett's you know, almost always a recommended start at this point, but he, that's a start that he gets against the Mariners on Tuesday. What if um, Bob Melvin decided to keep him on regular rest and start him on Sunday at Colorado? Has Bassett reached the point where that kind of matchup doesn't really matter for him? I think because the first start is so favorable, we're talking about two bottom five offenses with the Mariners and Rockies. You can accept the risk that comes with throwing a starter in that park and looking at the splits for the Rockies. They've only got an 88 WRC plus at home this season. All right. Now, just to be clear, uh, I don't think that that's likely. It's, I guess, a, a probably a small possibility. As of right now, it's James Caprillion that has that particular double dip. But uh, you know, I don't know what sort of plan there might be to manage uh, Caprillion's innings. So something that just occurred to me. Uh, some other really great starts from Thursday. Shane McClanahan, five scoreless with six strikeouts uh, against the Royals. Adrian Hauser, five scoreless for him as well with four strikeouts against the Padres. And Ryan Weathers going for the Padres in that game. Four scoreless innings with five strikeouts. So I understand with Weathers, you're always risking uh, not a big inning total. But um are these uh, three basically ready for prime time at this point, uh, ready to you know be started with more confidence? McClanahan has very little to prove to me at this point for a rookie pitcher just because everything is electric. I think workload within start might be a slight weakness for him. Comparing him to even Alec Manoa, who we talked about earlier, I wouldn't be surprised if McClanahan's used a little more carefully. That's just the Rays' MO with pitchers in general, and they've got a little more depth of that bullpen they can work with than the Jays have, so they have the luxury of being more careful with McClanahan. Weathers is good, but it just seems like he's rarely going to pitch enough to get a win unless he's got openers going in front of him, so that gives me some pause with him. And Hauser needed a good start in the worst way. I still think he's a very matchup-dependent streamer, not somebody I'd want to trust in most matchups at this point. And let's just sneak one hitter in here. And, and fortunately, a, a good game for him that gives me an excuse to talk about him. That's Eddie Rosario, because he's he's really posed a dilemma for me and probably for a lot of other people. He just hasn't been able to get it going. He did homer and double at Detroit on Thursday and just became aware of some really disparate home road splits at home, just a 413 OPS on the road, 775, which in this offensive environment is actually pretty good. So do you ascribe anything to that? Does that mean anything? Or is this still just some relatively early season randomness? And, and just overall, what do we do with Rosario? I mean, the barrel rate's down a little bit this year. Not not so much that you couldn't see a recovery. 4.2% compared to a 7% career rate. So I could see a bounce back there. The average EV looks okay. 
Max EV looks okay. On the surface, and the plate skills are not falling apart either. The K rate's still reasonably low. Walk rate's kind of in line with the career norms. I think you could just keep rolling him out there and maybe even target him as a relative buy low in some leagues where you're looking for an outfielder who's just going to play a lot. Well, and, and what you alluded to, that's what makes it hard to decide what to do about Rosario because the plate discipline, which has always been abysmal, is actually slightly better this year. <laughs> and uh, the other peripherals are kind of right around where they've always been. So it's definitely a mystery. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, but uh, well, while we chew on that one, let's uh, look ahead to the Friday streamers. Uh, I'm going to give you another chance, uh, DVR, to consider Martin Perez. We got the, the Marlins at the Red Sox. Cody Petit, who, who's been a great story so far. He and Perez facing off against each other. We've got Adbert Elzelay versus Cincinnati and the debut of Vladimir Gutierrez in that one. Uh, Jordan Lyles at Seattle. Got to like that matchup. And Mitch Keller, who's been very inconsistent, but gets uh, the Rockies in Pittsburgh. So also another favorable matchup. So who do you like here? Keller might have the easiest layup of the matchups, but he's probably the pitcher I trust the least skills-wise of everybody you mentioned other than Gutierrez, who's making his debut. And that includes Jordan Lyles, who I don't really like at all ordinarily. So Alzali is a lock. I actually think I'd go Poteet over Lyles and Lyles over Keller, and I probably don't want to go past Poteet on that list, even though I like the matchups for those last couple guys you mentioned. I'm still not on a Martin Perez, Al. Can't do it. <laughs> I was wondering if, if you were going to get to him. So, all right. Uh, at least we, we have some consistency there. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, wrap this up here by looking ahead to Fab. Uh, Brewers have a, a really nice schedule this week, so I'm going to look for Avisail Garcia wherever he is. I mentioned Jason Vossler before. Uh, extreme fly ball hitter with some pull tendencies in the minors, so maybe there's a chance for some uh, very cheap power there with him in deeper leagues. And then obviously Alec Manoa is a no-brainer. Merrill Kelly's got a nice two-step this week, and he's been really good lately. Logan Gilbert, I was surprised to see his Sierra just a little bit above four. So the skill's not bad for Gilbert, just the results haven't been there. So I might look to see uh, in a league where he's been left alone or maybe even dropped already, and then for some saves potential, uh, J.P. Fireisen. So anybody you would add to that list or anybody from this list you would not be interested in? Yeah, it's a really good core group. I can't believe Avi Garcia is still out there even in shallow leagues plays a lot and he's helping in just about every category at least a little bit uh manoa is going to be the the big tuna out there the most expensive player i think in fab in most leagues by far gilbert's interesting though because he's supposed to have good command and the stuff's not terrible and as you mentioned the era indicators point to a guy that could actually figure it out pretty quickly so Maybe it's not a set it and forget it situation like we were hoping for when he was called up, but I, I think if you can pick him up for a small fraction of what he went for when he came up a few weeks ago, that might actually make a lot of sense, especially in, in deeper mix leagues, 14, 15 team mixers, anything deeper. I think it's so hard to find starting pitching. You want to think about that. Uh, JP Fireisen getting into the mix for the Rays for saves. I didn't think he'd get that close to the end of the bullpen that quickly. Uh, apparently, it's another thing that Nando Defino is right about. So the year of the Nando rages on. 
That it does. So uh, always listen to Nando. Uh, <laughs> so with that good advice, uh, we'll wrap up this episode in this week here on Fantasy Baseball in 15. And if you do have an opportunity to rate and review our podcast here, we would greatly appreciate it. So for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Monday. <laughs>